Hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, Amy Steed. We've got a great show for you. We'll be touching on... I'm not entirely sure. JP is going to fill us in. It's a big surprise and we can't wait. We've got some fun things. All right. So we are joined by a few lovely people. We have Justin Kemmer. What's up? We have JP Gaylord. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Charles Kirby. I don't even know where to begin because I don't know. JP? Uh, There is only a question. Oh, no. Which I have not prepared you for. That's not good. But here we go. Okay. Uh, What advice would you have for somebody who either has friends who are not believers or works in a place that is a secular workplace uh, who encounters people with different beliefs about different subjects and wants to somehow remain in relationship and remain friends with them. How do you navigate that tension as a Christian, knowing that there are so many things going on right now, uh, whether it be perspective on LGBTQ plus issues, uh, whether it be the Roe versus Wade stuff, uh, whether it just be generally how we're supposed to live our lives. How could a Christian, one of the people going to Redemption Church, what advice would you have for them to do a good job of remaining in a relationship with people who think differently? I remember back in college, this is not... So I went to Grand Valley State University and I was taking a course where we had a lot of project work. So we were meeting in groups and lots of people talked and maybe (laughs) used strong language that I didn't typically use. And towards the end of our project, (laughs) they said, it was crazy. They're like, oh, wait, don't say that. Amy, Amy doesn't talk like that. And it just, it just took me back that they even noticed that I didn't talk like that. And I'm like, oh, so it wasn't like I was pushing anything on them. They just noticed I didn't partake in that kind of language. And, uh, they, were kind to me and they, they weren't like judgmental and I wasn't judgmental towards them. And I'm like, that's like a very subtle way to show them Jesus in a little way. That's refreshing because you've been so judgmental with us about country music. <laughs> I know. Unless you like country music, then I'm really judgmental. Apparently country music did not come up in the project. Nope, it didn't. It definitely did not. Okay, so that's good. Don't be judgmental, uh, it sounds like, is what you're saying. Well, just it's like little things like that. It's not like you have to come into a workplace, guns a-blazing, like, oh, if you don't stand for Jesus, then we can't be friends because we all know that that's not how Jesus would act either. And I think just simple ways of showing them... um, who Jesus was. Like we say that in the kids ministry all the time. Like how can you show Jesus to your friends in your neighborhood or at school? And like the number one answer is we just need to be kind to everyone. I'm like, that is very true. You do need to be kind to everyone just in simple terms in kids' heads. That's what they're thinking. But as an adult, it can look a little different. That's good. Other pieces of advice, Charles, Justin? 
just the idea of you seeking the understanding of the person because one of the things you realize is with the image of God in each of the people that you come across is that they are actually seeking and have imprinted in them the truth that what they want is true. They, they want things like justice. They want things like unity of all people, equality, fairness, all those things. But those are only possible because God exists. And some of the difficulty is, is that the world is deceived to believe that it can be found outside of God, which it does not work. Now, that's an overtime process. And so I think the goal is to maintain in fellowship because this person is brought into your life, as redemption reminds us, like, God has you where he has you to advance the gospel through you. It's not so that you can win arguments at work. It's not so that you can convince people that your position, whatever it is, is correct. It is because Jesus changes everything. So you're inviting them to, Lord willing, have an opportunity to hear about Christ. That's what you're trying to get towards them. And everything that they discuss, everything that's happening in the world are simply a means by which through wisdom, through patience, through, um, I would say, honesty is seeking to transform the heart of that person through the message of the gospel. And so that is the goal. That doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you're able relationally to jump right into that with a person and say, hey, listen, like, you know a little bit more about me. You know that I go to church or you know that I love the Lord. And this is what some people don't, don't know that about you. And so they're going to come with perhaps prejudice or thoughts against you. And you're going to come to them with prejudice against them. It is putting those things aside, seeking understanding, seeking prayerfully wisdom in how to reach this person and speak to them and hear from them their hearts so that you could speak the truth of the gospel to that situation, whatever the topic is. Yeah. I just think in the most practical sense, it's listen and learn. Um, even to the point where oftentimes we will judge and so we won't even take time to listen. And what, what is actually, I think, taking the time to listen to coworkers, listen to family members, expresses a love because it's actually, I have time for you and I'm going to hear what you have, have to say. And even I, I agree with, with Charles, the, the learning aspect is asking questions. And so that's the learning piece where you're going to ask questions that are going to gain understanding. And even through that, continue to ask questions about even a simple way. It's like in, in any conversation in this day, you have to define terms. Because if you're sitting across the table with someone, you're going to define love very differently. You might define tolerance differently. You might define acceptance, sin very differently. And so you can't even have a positive conversation because you could be lost in an argument with someone else and you're not even arguing about the same thing because you don't define it the same way. And so there has to come an understanding and even, even something that I've heard before, but reminded of it recently was even being able to, because you are having a, a difference, I don't necessarily want to phrase it in, in an argument or, or you're having a discussion. And for you or the person you're talking with to be able to reiterate each other's stance in an accurate way that, that you would actually agree on. Yeah. That's good. That is actually the starting point of having a conversation. Yeah. And if you've taken the time to listen to them, you are then actually in a conversation because you've taken the time to listen to them that they will most likely take the time to listen to you. 
And then you can engage in actually a positive conversation of belief, of your stance, of even calls to action that you, you believe we're called to in this day and age with all the different issues that we have going on. So that there can be an understanding and really a, a peace in that discussion where even at the end of the day, if it comes to an agreeing to disagree, the opportunity is then to come back and have more conversations, maybe even about the same topics, because you're willing to listen, because you're willing to learn, because you understand where each others are coming from. And then you've, you've sat there with some other human being, you've looked at the, in them into their eyes, you've spent time with them. And that's where empathy and compassion and, and dignity is it communicated with one another. So it's actually something as a society we can build off of instead of continuing to destroy one another. Destroy one another. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good being able to understand the point of view of, of other people. Did you have something to say? No. Okay. You just sat up like, I did. yeah, I'm ready. All right. You're ready. Um, I, because even I think when it comes down to a lot of the issues that evangelicals uh, uh, hold close to their heart, some of the, the claims or the, um, uh, what's it called? The, the, just the snippets, the sound bites, uh, the takes that we have on things aren't necessarily what the other side would hold. I mean, you can get into the abortion issue and I don't know that anybody on the other side of the abortion issue is, you know what? I really want to kill babies. That is what I am about as a human being. And so uh, that's where I think you're right, listening to someone and saying, why do you feel like this is so important? Uh, when do you feel like life actually begins is a really interesting question to ask uh, and to actually hear an answer on. Um, and that is what can actually lay the the groundwork for having a, a decent discussion, understanding where the other person's coming from. Um, I think the other, for me, the advice I would give is choose choose your arguments or your, your conflict well. Uh, I... I think this probably goes into what you were saying a little bit, Charles, where we want to win arguments uh, or present a Christian worldview for anything and everything. And I just don't know that that's always the most helpful thing to do. Um, I think you've got to choose and prioritize. What do I really want to make sure? What What's the the hill I'm going to die on and argue about or take a stand on? And what's other stuff that I'm just going to kind of let go? And Amy, you had mentioned, you know, even some of the language being used and not making a big deal about it. You know, you let it go because it's not that big of a deal because there are more important things to worry about or or address. And uh, when we look at the kinds of conversations we have, what is the most important issue? And I think all of us in this room would agree that it's the gospel. Uh, that's the one that we want to make sure that we're ready for and have as much relational credibility built up for. And so making arguments about anything else and everything else uh, may not be entirely helpful. Uh, I remember we were we were training uh, before we went on the mission field, and uh, we were talking about evangelism and encouraging one another. It was a kind of a, a community group, encouraging one another to 
do evangelism. And one of the guys in the group said, yeah, I really want to share the gospel with my neighbors. Uh, we said, oh, that's awesome. He's like, I just don't know how I can tell them that they're living in sin together. And it was like, wait a minute. Like that's, that's not the thing you lead with. <laughs> hey, you guys are living together. I'd like to share the gospel with you, but you need to know that you're living in sin together, right? Like maybe at some point it's a part of it, but the gospel is not convicting people of every individual sin. And I think maybe that's the place where a lot of us struggle is kind of prioritizing what is what is most essential to share or where do we really want to plant our flag? So... But I have seen it done well. Uh, my daughter does this really well. And my wife and I had a discussion about this the other day and just how well she's able to engage with some of her friends who see things very differently uh, and it doesn't cause issues. Uh, she definitely has her perspective on certain things that are different from their perspective on things. Uh, and she's able to remain friends and you know, there's, she doesn't come home and like judge anyone, uh, but she is aware that there are differences in perspective. So I thought that was interesting uh, as maybe us as adults kind of tend to struggle with that kind of thing. Just wondering how we can do a better job. Any other thoughts or ideas, advice that we might give to somebody trying to figure out how to better their relationships with people who think differently or see things differently? I just think your, your point in regards to hills that we die on is is relevant because I think there are a lot of hills we we like to die on. Uh, even to Charles' point earlier, just the the competitiveness to want to win an argument, or the intellectual in you that wants to win the mind. What is it? At, what could it be at the expense of? And I know us as human beings have have no power to save, but the Lord uses His power through us to have an opportunity. And so it's those hills that we are willing to die on that cost us opportunities to be used to get after souls. Instead of arguments, instead of minds, we sacrifice souls on, on the altar of the hills that, that we die on. And so, so maybe there's, I mean, certainly when it comes to truth um, and, and the love and truth, the combination as Jesus would see it is, is not absolutely necessary. Um, but at the same time, what is secondary and, and what are those hills that we can actually stop dying on? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it goes without saying, but country music is good. And I do have some friends who tend to disagree with that, but that's okay. We can still be friends. Um, I'll just like them a little less. I'll just like them a little <laughs> less. No, I won't sink that low. <laughs> I won't say something Come so horrible. Now. All right. Well, Amy, you are officially the host, so okay. go ahead and close us out. Thank you for joining us here on The Post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. We hope you've enjoyed our time together. Have a good one, and we'll see you the next time on The Post.